You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I want you to think with me about something. I want you to think with me of someone that has invested into your life. And because of their investment, you're better off today. It could have been uh, they poured their time into your life when you thought that nobody cared, when you felt like you're alone. It could have been that they invested their talent into you. Maybe someone raised you up at your job site or in college and they uh, invested and they built your talent by investing their talent into your gifting you became a better person. And you can look back today and say, I'm, a, I'm who I am today because of this individual in my life way back when. Or maybe it's an individual in your life and they worked hard, they sacrificed, and they gave of the treasure that God had given to them. And monetarily, they blessed you in a way that you're better off today. What these people did in your life is they left a legacy. And legacy is defined like this. Legacy is defined, it's an amount of money. If you look it up in the dictionary, it's an amount of money or property that's left to someone. It could be in a will. It could be in an estate. Or a legacy is something handed down by a predecessor. So you're the benefactor. I'm the benefactor of someone else's else's blessings. I am the benefactor of a man 10 years ago. I took the helm of of leading the church, and there was a man by the name of Bob Cannon that left a legacy in my life. He poured, he invested his time, He invested his talent, he invested of his treasure, and invested into my life. He left a legacy in my life. And this is so biblical, because Christ left a legacy in our life. He paid the full price for our sin at Calvary. He sacrificed himself. That's what we celebrated in the Lord's Supper. He sacrificed his body. He bled for our sins. And he died on a cross for something that we deserve as sinners. He never sinned. He was perfect. And he gave us his generosity. And he left a legacy in our lives through restoration and faith. We've been sitting benefactors of what he's accomplished. Every person sitting here, every beautiful person that's here, every beautiful person on the podcast, every beautiful person in the live feed, 
You are a benefactor of what Christ has done. And I love the way that Craig uh, Lounsbro put it. He said, an inheritance is what you leave with people, but a legacy is what you leave in them. And so I thought about this, this, this series. I've really been letting it just... Uh, uh, really marinated my heart and my soul and my mind. And, and, and thank you, Pastor Jeff, and thank you, Pastor Mike, for bringing uh, some wonderful messages that allowed for me to get ready for this series because I really think that God is going to minister to all of us through it. But I was thinking about how God, he invests three important things into each human life. And these human things are only for earth. They're only for our life here on earth. You don't need them in heaven. You don't need them in eternity because everything changes there. And so there's three investments that God makes. And the three investments are, number one is time. God invests time into us. The second thing that God invests into us is talent. Every person is talented in one way or another. Jack Cook can do things that I can't do. Bob can do things that I can't do. Every person sitting here can do something that I can't do because God has invested talent in every person, a gift in every person. And the third thing that God gives us on this earth is he gives us treasure. Every one of us have been blessed by God with monetary blessings. And what God has done is he's invested these three things, time, talent, and treasure. The reason he's invested them into your life is for you to leave some investment in someone else. Not for you to bury it. God never gave you your time to bury it and never give your time to someone else. God never gave you your talent so you'd bury your talent. There are people that I do funerals for that some of them buried the talent that God gave them. God never gave you the, the monetary blessings. Look at me real quick. God never gave you the monetary blessings in your life so that you could keep them to yourself. Never. He gave them to us so that we could leave a legacy. And your legacy will always revolve a how you used your God-given time and your talent and your treasure. Your God, your legacy will always revolve around how you and I have used our God-given time, talent, and treasure. And so you have to ask yourself a question right now. You have to ask yourself a question. Number one, are you wasting your time? Are you wait and this is not for anyone else to answer for you. We know what we do with our life. Are you wasting your time? Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're living on borrowed time. Your time in heaven is eternal. You know, when we get to heaven, it's it's eternity. But here on the earth, we're all living on borrowed time. We have a birth date. We have a dash. All of us have a dash. Right? 
Some people call it the dot, 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 you know, the dash, and then we all have a death date. And if you don't believe me, you know, come to a funeral service. We'll have it in the programs. And so you're, you're, you're living on borrowed time. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And it's an incentive to make the most of the time that God gave us. Every day we have 24 hours. Are you wasting your talent? Are you wasting your talent? Are you using your God-given gift? We have many individuals right now doing the 301 shape class, and they're, 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 they're finding out what their shape is. What are they shaped for to, so that they can use their God-given gift to, to bless others, to leave a legacy in other people's lives? Now, your, your talent, your gifting in heaven is experienced in a glorified body. Right? Everything works in heaven. Every, everything works. If you're, if you're here on a walker in heaven, you're going to go... Boom. Right? That's why I do it here on earth, because there may, be a couple, there may be some weeks I won't be able to. Progressively. But your, but your talents on earth are lived out progressively, progressively. We, we, we have to use our talents to leave a legacy in people's lives. We need to invest our talents to leave a legacy in, our, in people's lives. Are you wasting your treasure are you wasting your monetary blessings? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to say, I'm so happy to say that I think Living Word Chapel, you guys are amazing. So last week, we picked up an offering for, for Change for Change, the last Change for Change for the year. <clears throat> for the Gideon's ministry, the Gideon's, does do, we've talked about the work that they're doing all over the world, and, and, and you guys gave over $800 for that ministry. Your, your, your treasure, you're saying, I'm investing of my treasure into this ministry. That means that we gave as a church for just change for change, just for these causes, about $15,000. We've never done that before. Because we want to leave a legacy we want to leave a legacy that, 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 that this treasure that God has given us, it's not ours, it's his. Ten years ago, uh, I became your lead pastor. And I was scared. <laughs> I, was, I was scared. I had some big shoes to fill. Not only did Pastor Bob really use like size 14, he really, literally, literally. But spiritually, he was a man of God. He had done wonderful things. And I came in and I, I you know, he was a great teacher. He was a great man of God. And so I, I, I took the helm and I said, oh, Lord, I need you. And he says, oh, yes, you do. And so I remember coming before the elders, and my el the elders' meetings, you know, it was crazy. I never led an elders' meeting, and I came before the elders, and I gave them a vision for the church. 
I said, this is what I believe the Lord has impressed on, on, on me for us, for us to begin to move this way. And, and, and I gave, uh, 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 on top of the vision, there was a number, there was a monetary number for us to fulfill just some of the things that I really believe God was going to do in us and through us. And it was a big number. It was a big number up there. And I remember the elders looked at me like if I was crazy. And I looked at them like if I was crazy. <laughs> and so you remember this, this year, months back, we had a, a, a yard, big yard sale. Remember? We weren't trying to raise funds, by the way, but we, by God's grace, we were able to raise some funds for the student ministry. That wasn't the, <clears throat> that wasn't the reason for the yard sale. The reason for the yard sale was for us to clean up some of the stuff we had at the church. And then you guys kind of joined in and you cleaned up all your stuff at home, right? But here's the amazing thing is that our, our, our bookkeepers, our, our, our admin uh, part of, of LWC, they went upstairs and they started going through the files that we have above the office. <clears throat> As they're going through the files, they, go, they come across different things. And so some of the things that they wanted to run by me before they would throw them away or put them through the uh, paper, uh, the Pac-Man, the paper Pac-Man. You guys have a paper Pac-Man? <laughs> in fact, the other day, kind of talking about that, I put too much paper in the paper Pac-Man, and they went like, right? Emma, help, Emma. <clears throat> so we, we, they, uh, they were going up there, and, and, and so Janet brings me this paper. She says, you're going to want to see this. And it was an agenda from, from 10 years ago. And it was that, that vision that I had given to the church, that I had given to the elders. I, I mean, we did together. We prayed about it. And when I read every single, per, every, every single item on the list, we've done it all. Let's put it another way. When we read through every item of the list, we saw that God did it all. Because it was bigger than us. It was bigger than us. And, and, and what, I, what, I, what I found from it as we began this, to, I began to think about where we're going in the, in the, at the end of the year. We're at a place in our church, we're at a place where God is birthing something for the next generation. Are you with me? God is going to use Living Word Chapel, us, to leave a legacy for the next generation. We're getting ready to do things this year that we thought would never be done. I, I was telling the staff that we have found favor. I, I, I was at a, 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 a football game the other day. My wife does choir for Seminole High School and I went to this uh, football game to, to help her with uh, a concert, that they, were up, they were going to sing the national anthem. And I was, doing, I was running sound, I was doing some sound, and I was coming down the, from the press box, walking down the stairs, and this guy that I don't even know, he says, hey, hey, Pastor Reese, you going to bring us a good word? I said, uh, 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 no, but I'm going to do sound. God has given us favor. God has given us favor. Did you see all the, the first responders that were in the Harvest Festivals, not only here, but in the Copper Corridor? 
God is going to, by his grace, by his, by his love and by his mercy, use you and me to leave a legacy, to invest a legacy into people's lives. So, 10 years ago, we, not only did, did I bring that vision, I also said we're going to do a, what we called a, uh, a year-end giving campaign. And in that campaign, um, we were able to do some really big items, big items. that we It's incredible what God has done through, through the blessings of God's people. You know, we built a, the student center debt-free. We built it from the bottom up, over $100,000 debt-free. We paid off, uh, when Janet came on, we, we, we got on track to, to pay off all the debt that we had in credit cards and things like that, and we, th- we cut the credit cards up. We paid off $30,000 in credit card debt, you know, because it's very easy to get in credit card debt. Anyone know that? We paid that off. We've never, we haven't had credit cards since then. We got on track to do different things. And then this year, we sent out a, a, uh, a packet, a letter. Did anyone get it in the mail with our, with our uh, year-end campaign? This year, the first cause, which I know God's going to do it, the first cause we're going to do is to pay off our debt. We have no debt. We're about 25000 of debt, and that's it. And, and everything else will be, we'll, we'll do debt-free, and we can minister, and we can do the things. This is unheard of. If you would have known how much we have been paying, and, and, and I think, Janet, maybe at the end of the series, you can bring a description of what we've, how we've done this, because I think it'll be helpful for everybody else. It says that we can do it. And you can do it, and I can do it at home. It doesn't have to be just a church. It can be in our, in, our, in our homes, amen, where we don't have to be bogged down with debt, where we don't have to, be, uh, uh, we don't have to struggle with all these things. But, but what I want for us to grab a hold of as we go into this stewardship campaign, how do we handle our treasure? How do we, how do we handle it? And, and, and let me put it another way. It's not our treasure. It's not our treasure. It's not our treasure. It's God's. And how do I know this? I was thinking about this yesterday. The reason I know it's not our treasure because we come into this world with nothing. And we leave this world with nothing. We're blessed if we leave with our calzones, our choners. That's a joke. But you don't. And even that, they got to put them on you. Your underwear. What did, what, what, what did, what did he mean when he said calzones? Was he, was he talking about a, what, a pizza place, a calzones? So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and let me just premise this. As we go through this, uh, this, this passage of Scripture, let me say this. In my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Christian uh, theologians and leaders, this is the best principle for New Testament generosity. Chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians is the best 
the best foundation and understanding of what New Testament generosity is all about. How do, what do we do with, with, with God's money? How, how do we handle that? Uh, the Bible is very clear about how we handle everything in life. Amen? How we, how we handle our bodies, how we handle our, our mouth, how we handle our, 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 our thoughts, and how we handle our money, how we handle our faith. And so we're going to go real quick to, man, I don't have very much time at all, I don't think. Um, did I tell you that we're going to be starting new times in the new year? I wonder why. Do you notice we didn't put an uh, ending time in the? <laughs> just says starts at this time and start the other one starts at this time. Anyway, let's pray. Father, as we as we go to your word, Lord God, we just pray your blessing. Um, I just ask in Jesus' name that I'll be able to communicate in a way that's very clear and understandable. Father, thank you for the legacy that you've left in us through Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for the legacy that you work in us through this life as believers of Christ. You've given us the ability to be impactful. You've given us the ability, Lord God, to make a difference, and we thank you for that. So we just tell you right now that we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We pray this, and everyone said amen. amen. So here's, here's, I'll talk about the background next week, okay, because I don't have time this week. But there's a very, it's very important that we understand the background of, the, of this letter, and especially of what's going on in chapters 8 and 9. And, and Paul, in, verse, in chapter 9, remember that the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. Okay, remember that. It was written as a letter. The, the epistles are letters. Okay, the gospels are narratives. It's a book. And so they, it wasn't like, like Paul said, okay, chapter 9, verse 1, right? He's, just, he's writing thoughts. And always think paragraphs. Always think paragraphs. When you talk, you don't just say one, one word, one verse, Right? There's a lot going on. You, you have to build up a conversation. So that's exactly what's going on here. So we need to understand that. So he says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. So we can understand right there that there was a, a need for the church in Jerusalem. Right? Everyone got that? Say amen if you got it. For I know how eager you are to help. And they're, they want to help with what? The offering, the giving, okay? And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin to give. So that tells us that there was an offering taken at the churches of Macedonia, and now Paul is talking to the church in Greece, or Achaia is actual, the actual uh, literal word. He's going to receive this offering to those in Corinth, okay? But I'm sending, now he said, but I'm sending these brothers to be sure you are really ready. Make sure you really are ready. As I have been telling them, and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. In other words, he's been telling the Macedonians, hey, these church in Corinth, these Corinthians, they're so giving, they're so loving, and he doesn't want to go over there with all these people that they're going to put together and go and receive this offering and them say, what offering? What, what money? What, what giving, right? So I thought, verse 5, so I thought I should send these brothers 
ahead of me to make sure that the gift of you that, that you promised is ready. Now, I highlighted this because this is how God wants us to give. He says, but I want it to be a willing gift. Okay, that's how God wants you to give. I want it to be a willing gift, not giving or given grudgingly. Not by someone twisting your arm, not by someone saying you have to, not by you feeling bad about giving. When we give to God's work, we give what? Willing. And then he said, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, notice what Paul is saying right there. He's, and if you look at chapter 8, and this is your homework, read chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. And you're going to see that he, nowhere does he mention tithe. You hear sometimes in churches, tithe, tithe, tithe. Paul doesn't mention tithe. He says, be generous. This is between you and God. Be generous. Let the Lord direct you. Tithe is a wonderful principle. It's Old Testament. And, and, and Jesus talked about it in the New Testament to Jews who understood the principle of tithing. But when it comes to the church, we're not saved by a tithe. We're saved by Christ. When we give, we don't give a certain amount. We give whatever the Lord directs. It could be 10%. That's what a tithe means, 10%. It could be 9%. It could be 8%. It could be 11%. He's not interested in a percentage. He's interested in your heart. You must... Let me just prove it. Number seven. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure because God loves a person who gives, say it with me, cheerfully. And God will generously, I love this, God will generously provide all you need because it's not ours. We're managers. From the day we become responsible we're managers of what God has given us. Before you're responsible, your parents are helping you. Amen? Your parents are providing for you. They're taking care of you. And some of our kids still want us to take care of them. And we're like, <laughs> Charlie, it's your turn to take care of us. Right? I, I can say this. that Our kids are pretty awesome about, about, about that. They take, they, they're good to us. Um, for God, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. And this is what God's heart is. to Say with me, to what? To share with others. See, God's heart is for us to share with others. God's heart is for you to share your time. God's heart is for you to invest your time into other people. God's heart is for you to invest your talent into other people. God doesn't want you to bury your talent, but God's heart is for you to share the monetary blessings that he's given to you with others because you will not take it when you die. And if you don't share it with others, it will be taken in other places that you never thought it would. So here's my two points. And you guys said, praise God, two points today. <laughs> two points. Point number one. 
giving is the best investment that you can make. And as we go through the series, we're going to find out why. Giving is the best investment that you could ever make. God made this life on earth revolve on the importance of giving and receiving. That's why Pastor Jeff talked about the importance of small groups. Small groups are about giving and receiving. It's about pouring into people's life and people pouring into your life. I need Shauna and Shauna needs me. I need you and you need me. We're better together. Giving of yourself is the best investment that you can make because God never called us to be stingy with our time, never called us to be stingy with our talent. He never called us to be stingy with our treasure. He called us to be generous because God is generous. God gave his only begotten son so that anyone that believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, eternal, abundant life forever. God emptied heaven and gave us the best in Jesus because he's generous. And beloved, we are called to be generous. So the Bible tells us that generosity is the best investment that you can make. And here's the thing. The reason, the reason for this is God wants us to be open-hand Christians, always giving and receiving back from God, giving and receiving back to God, giving and receiving back from God. Because you cannot, never, ever, 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 you can't out Give God. You can't. You can't. You can't. Your talent, you, if you, as you use it, you give it, God will pour it into you. He'll make you better and better and better and better and better. Billy Graham is just as good today as when he started and better than he was. Because he used his talent. He used his gifting. When you invest time into someone, they're better. But you're better. You get to know people. I know my sons and my daughter really well because I've invested time into them. I kick myself. I was kicking myself the other day. My wife went to go see my, my grandson, my grandkids in, in, in New Mexico about a month ago. And, and she went and I was jealous. I should have been there. Because investing time into them is so important. Everything that you invest is good. You get better, you get better, you get better. The Bible says in the message, paraphrase, says, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop, but a lavish planter will get a lavish crop. The more that you, the, uh, it, it, it's, it's ludicrous for a farmer to say, Unseen. 
two seats. It's ludicrous. You know what a farmer does? Before, I'm throwing a lot of seeds, by the way. Before, now you know what they do? They got hoppers, and they're going... And this is what we do. Ah, I gave, you know, think about it. This is the flesh. I gave this much. I gave this much. I don't got to give. I gave this much. The breath. But the Lord says, let me build a principle in you. I'm out of breath. <laughs> and I'm going hunting next Friday. <laughs> I'm in trouble. But I'm taking my son. Jacob, please go. See that deer? Go get him. His word tells us that God will generously provide all that we need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Why does God want to generously provide for us? Why? Why does God want to generously provide for us? We get richer? We're already rich. Let me just give you a revelation. You're already rich. I'm going to give you a revelation. We're rich. All of us got to turn on the water this morning. You can put hot water or cold water, right? Made coffee. All We're rich. But the reason that God generously provides for us is so that we can learn the principle and the gift of generosity to others. So we can share. With, and Kenny, quit laughing at me because I'm breathing hard. Please. <laughs> what, what you give to the Lord, he multiplies. Your time, your gifts, your ambitions, and your generosity. Now, point number two. I'm going to go really fast to point number two. I'm going to wrap it up in five minutes. Okay? Legacy point number two. Giving should be fun. Giving should be fun. If it's not fun, we're not, we're, not, we're not partnering with God. We're doing it in our flesh, right? I love the way that uh, Martin Luther put it. He said, the heart of the giver makes the gift dear and precious. The heart of, it's not the gift. Are you with me? It's the heart. The heart of the giver will make the gift dear and precious. Tell your neighbor this real quick. The happiest people on earth, say it to your neighbor, the happiest people on earth are people who gladly give back. It's not done. I'm not done. To make, to make this world a better place. Right? The happiest people on earth are the ones who will just generously give back so that they can make this world a better place. I'm done. I could go another 25 minutes, but we're done. Let, let me give you guys five reasons. I'm, I'm wrapping it up. Five reasons 
why building a legacy of generosity is fun, okay? You can write them down if you want. Making a positive difference in a person or a family will always bring a smile to our face. When you make a difference in someone that needs something, it'll make you smile more than them. Number two, allowing God to use you or use me in answering prayer in a desperate circumstance is always fun. Through our change for change, through our different offerings, you know that when we gave uh, over $1,000 to that family, that the wife was shot in Las Vegas. Remember that? Yeah, Giovanna. Remember that? You know it brought a smile not only to, the, to her face, but can I tell you it brought a smile to the community? Allowing God to use us in answering prayer in a desperate circumstance is always fun. Number three, when you give generously, it's amazing how God will continually reward you with so much more. And it doesn't, ha- it doesn't only have to mean money. God will say, because you were generous, you're an open hand Christian, because you were generous, your heart will be filled with peace. Your mind will not have anxiety. I'll fill you with good thoughts as we begin to be generous. Number four, as you impact the lives of others through generosity, it will change your life and your heart. You're thinking you're changing people's lives, but God is changing our life. Amen? And the last one, it sets an example for your kids and your grandkids to follow. And it becomes a legacy. It's important for your kids to see you write out a check for an offering. It's important for your kids to see you give online at times. Say, this is what we do. We're going to give online. Let's do it together. It's important for them to learn generosity. It's important for you to go and do things for other people. Because it leaves a legacy in their life of being generous. And you know what they're going to see? Is that God never fails us. God never depletes us. God will actually give more and more and more to us. This is not a prosperity uh, gospel, beloved. This is not a process. You don't give so that you can be healthy and wealthy. You give because God's worthy and because people are worthy. Amen? Because people need love and grace. Now, I want for all of us together to pray this final prayer. Can we pray it together? It's in your, it's in your outline. It's in your outline. And I just think it's such a beautiful prayer. Raise your hand when you got it. Just raise it. Okay, pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've provided for my life and my well-being. Thank you for every minute of time which you've invested in me so that I can make a positive difference in the people of my path of life. Thank you for the talent and gifting you've invested in me. I choose to be generous and use it to bring glory to Jesus and a smile to others. Thank you for the treasures in my life. You've provided my daily bread and so much more. God, 
direct me in my generosity to further the message of Jesus. I desire to leave a legacy by making a positive difference today so that others can benefit tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said a big amen. God is good and he's always going to leave a legacy in our life. God bless you. Let's stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.